Yes. Hello, and welcome to the 4th of February podcast. I don't know what I'm doing there, just kind of making up as I go along. See, this is what happens when I don't write down an intro. What, you become, you become Swedish or whatever that oh, is. Oh, hello. No, well, like, I didn't know where it was. Like, oh, hello. Oh, you're right. Yorkshire. Um, Gavin, Gavin and Stacey or something. No, no, that, that, that's, that's Welsh. Oh, I don't know. Hello. I've lived in this country for 10 years. Shut up, Brian. We need to tag you to Welsh rare bit and stuff, you know. Anyway, that's enough. Uh, Is that really the start of this podcast? Okay. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Because uh, uh, I can't be bothered going back and editing anything. But hello and welcome to the 4th of Ever podcast. Uh, my name is Stuart Bothell. I'm not racist or anything, I guarantee that. Love everyone of uh, all shapes, sizes, colours, creeds. You're all welcome in, in my world and in this podcast. And uh, that includes um, whatever creature it is that is joining me on the line right now. Uh, Darren Butter. How's it going, Darren? I'm good. I'm I'm like a garbage time cyclone, just <laughs> getting the yards when it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, especially to your fantasy team, right? He was killing yeah. it today. Uh, last three weeks, he's had four touchdowns and like three hundred yards, and the two weeks had him in the playoffs, he was nothing and nothing. Big zeros across the board. Yeah, we're both uh, both suffering from some poor timing. I think um, whether it was on our sides or on the sides of someone else, you know. It's not every day you went, go out and score 37 uh, fantasy points and then still lose by a single point. I counted it up. I had 40. If I'd played the same team I played the week before, I would have had 44 points this week. Mm. Anyway, we're already alienating our <laughs> listeners who are not of the ALFF uh, <laughs> fantasy realm, um, which is um, uh, all of them, I would probably imagine. Um, unless there's any of the guys out there just now, in which case, uh, welcome. And um, if you're still in it right now, Congratulations. Not, not jealous at all. Nah. Anyway, um, yeah, we're going to try and just fly through it again this week. Um, we took like some... an hour and a half. You said we were going to fly through it last week. And we yeah. But... took the same amount of time we always take. But Darren, <laughs> this time I have a stopwatch. Oh, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this seriously now because we, we started off pretty well in... Uh, in last week's one where we started off with the, the Baltimore Ravens versus the New York Jets and instead of getting that done in one minute we got that done in like 23 seconds or whatever <laughs> and they're like right we're done like, oh okay and then the next one was like took us about a minute and a half and then eventually it was like oh wait that one was seven minutes like we'd normally talk about a regular game so okay is what it is but um, yeah I have a I have a stopwatch type thing out and um yeah, I mean, I, I wrote this up before there was some crazy stuff that went on, but it's all games that have no real impact on anything else except for maybe the number one seed, which we can get out of the way nice and early if we just do a minute and a bit on the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. For sure. Yes. Should we run right into it? Yeah. Okay. And um, Stopwatch will be going. I'm going to give you a prompt at one minute. And then you've got like a maximum of 30 seconds to wrap everything up after that, okay? Okay. Okay, okay. So anxious, so stressed. I know, like it feels like there's pressure on it now. Um, okay, so stopwatch starting 
No, the Miami Dolphins have uh, consigned, or rather gifted, the Cincinnati Bengals the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, courtesy of an overtime 38-35 win. Uh, Cincinnati looked totally down and out until the fourth quarter, where they somehow managed to just string together 23 points uh, to bring it to 35-35 each. Um, Yeah, this one was just um, a bit silly, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I don't have much time, so I'm just going to say that I, I think that <laughs> Dalton's um, Eifert touchdown as time expired was the biggest F you to the Bengals <laughs> organisation ever. It's like, oh, you want Joe Burrows? Watch this. I'm going to make you play another four minutes of football. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch me for even longer, just yeah. to stretch it out. There you go, that's it. Enjoy me. Extra minutes of Andy Dalton. Ugh. Um, yeah. So it was four touchdowns from him, uh, four touchdowns from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, that's a minute now. Okay, so like we've got to wrap it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> See, we're, we're we're good. We're good. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, yeah. Oh no. Now we're panicking. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, the game was uh, just all about the fourth quarter. Really, Dolphins went out early. Um, but yeah, the most important thing is that the Dolphins are throwing away their um, uh, uh, high high up the rankings picks. They could well be picking fifth now. But that's fine because two is injured, so they're still going to get two regardless. So that is okay. Cool, um, and, wonderful. And they have the Steelers pick. And goodbye, Dalton. I feel sorry for him. He'll probably be on someone else next year. But I really hope this isn't the last we see of Fitzpatrick. If Tua is injured, I hope he stays next year. Okay, cool, cool. I'm with you on that because Fitzpatrick is a fun player. So we've already gone over a one minute thirty yeah, there, yeah, maybe, but maybe, cool. but okay. we're okay with it. Like, hey, dude, it's okay. Don't don't start eight thirty five. But like, it's, it's two minutes max, right? Okay, yeah, cool. Come on. Right, okay. okay, so that's one one down. <sighs> Refresh the timer. Restart the clocks. And I could put in a bunch of sound effects for here, but I'm probably not going to because I can't be bothered. Really, just make a TikTok sound effect for me, Darren. <coughs> that's not how a clock sounds. <laughs> that's how that's how a dying man sounds. Sorry, I'm just drinking straight vodka because you're stressing me out. Oh, okay, come sorry, on, man. Okay. <laughs> the Jacksonville, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, did not manage to uh, quote unquote upset the Atlanta Falcons. It was. Uh, 12 points to 24 in the end as the, the Falcons just strung together another win and the Jaguars strung together another loss. Um, Gardner Minshew wasn't exactly great in this one again, um, but neither was Matt Ryan on the other side with uh, two interceptions. Um, it's just two teams who are just really, really struggling right now. Uh, I think just there was just extra bit of futility on the Jacksonville side because they are they are a team who's just completely lost right now. Yes. Um Falcons have the weirdest running back room in the league, but when Julio Jones goes for 166 yards on 10 receptions, you're going to win games. So Atlanta have a really talented team and <clears> they've completely fucked this season up and it's their own fault and we'll see what they can do next year. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one-minute mark there. And, um, yeah, like you say, Julio Jones is still just a straight-up baller. The guy's just an absolute machine. But, you know, this this year is just a lost cause for the Falcons. They're not going anywhere. Um, there was some talk of them sitting Julio Jones next week. But, I mean, you know, if you're if you're an NFL fan, you, you want to be seeing the big players, even if you are buying your tickets to a, a Week 17 game. Um, 
yeah, that's about the only only highlight they've got there. Falcons should have a really good stacked roster, but it's just not coming together. Yep. See what they do next year, I guess. Yes, and the same for the Jags. Yeah, Jaguars are going to be firing Cole Doug Marone. Minshew or yeah, well, this whole we could. No, I'm not doing it. We're okay, moving on to the next game. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, one final note is that the Jaguars did fire Tom Coughlin. That's what uh, I was going to say. Oh, sorry. Well, like, I'm not going to do it for too long. I've only got eight seconds. Uh, so they fired Tom Coughlin because uh, he's, he's an idiot and he was making terrible ever, things. Apparently. Yeah, it's terrible things. Does stuff with clocks. Okay, two minutes done. Boom. There we go. Whoo. God, this is <laughs> this is harrowing, Darren. Why did, why did we agree to do this? Can I just make a point that's Regardless of this game, but from all the stuff that's come out about Coughlin, it makes Jalen Ramsey seem like a much more sane person. Yeah. Which, um, which I didn't think could happen, so good for yeah. Jalen. He's, he's got his contract, stu- he's got his money, he's, he's got he's, on, he's yeah. on an NFC team in LA. I think he like, won. I think he won in the end. I, th- I think so, even though the Rams aren't really going anywhere now. But um, yeah, Tom Coughlin was just breaching the... Um, CBA. Uh, CBA, collective bargaining agreement, left, right, and center. Um, that's why Leonard Fournette won his nine hundred like nine hundred ninety nine, no, sorry, it was ninety nine thousand dollar fine. Uh, he, he, case find, he find a backup running back who hasn't played, who only probably makes about five hundred k a year, one week's wages for sitting on the wrong bench mm. during a game. It's stupid. He also sets the clocks five minutes fast, so like people arrive uh, like a different time. So yeah. So shortly after Tom was Coughlin, Tom Tom Coughlin was out the building, some guy just went around and changed all the clocks again. I was just like, "This is this is bloody stupid." Yeah, what yeah. Super Bowls? Anyway, carry on. Yes. Okay. Next up will be the Detroit Lions at the Denver Broncos. Okay. Okay, I have no um, idea. I don't even know what the score is in this game. Okay. Did you win? And we're off. <laughs> yes, we did. We did win. Uh, the game started off a little bit touchy, and then in the fourth quarter, the Broncos really managed to just pull it out, um, coming away 27-17 winners. Uh, it wasn't totally fantastic all the time, but um, Locke was decent. It was steady. It was lots of short stuff for the most part. Uh, Philip Lindsay had a really good game, including a big touchdown run. Um, so he finished up with 19 carries for 109 yards uh, on a score. Royce Freeman also got in on a short touchdown as well. Um, yeah, Drew, Drew Locke, safe, steady, but it's against a Lions team that's not particularly effective. Uh, David Blau, not really doing much. Good to see Kerryon Johnson back on the field, though, after coming back from IR. Why? Just because <laughs> they get him out there. You know, he's just, just get, get him a little bit of, like, working out, like, test his leg, get him back into game time and stuff, you know? You know? Cool. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, he's, he's your boy. You still want him to do good. It's just Drew Locke making it harder to draft Justin Herbert at, with the I'm over seven foot tall Broncos <laughs> quarterback room. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have no clue. But Denver Broncos 6-9, is that too many wins for your liking after such a bad year? Or um, I mean, I think we, we, were, we were never... Uh, looking really terrible by this one minute 30. Um, we, we were always in games despite the fact that um, we ended up throwing them all away. I mean, this is... I mean, I, I say it every time. It's like, this is, was not far away from being a 10-win team. Um, Did you have four interceptions in this game? No. What am I looking at? <laughs> I don't know. You're looking at a different game completely. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just misreading anyway, the stats. Yeah, we're, we're, we're running very short in time now. And um, yeah, Broncos moved to six and nine. Uh, Lions have said they're going to stick with Matt Patricia. Two minutes. There we go. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, next up for us will be the Oakland Raiders versus the Los Angeles Chargers. And here we go. Um, yep, Raiders come out 24-17 winners in Los Angeles. So... Obviously, with the uh, Raiders previously having been to Los Angeles and now about to go to Las Vegas, um, they absolutely dominated the stands, let alone the field. Uh, the place was absolutely full of Raiders, which meant that the Chargers actually had to go down to using a silent count because it was that noisy. Uh, I mean, like, like that speaks volumes for how terrible the Chargers fan base is in Los Angeles. But also, you know, how, how strong the, the, the Raiders fans are in, in such dire circumstances. Yeah, I the Chargers are a dumpster fire. And yeah. um, I why did they move? I don't get it at all. I think it's because they were pretty much getting a free stadium from Stan Kroenke. Yeah, it's all about and, stadiums. And I'm sure Oakland are sitting there going, good on with that stadium. Look how many fans we've got. Yeah, it would have worked perfectly. <laughs> Maybe if, the Chargers were... should have gone to Vegas. Yeah, if the Raiders were going to go anywhere, Los Angeles would have worked better for them. But I think they're like, oh, no, we've done that before. That would be a bad idea. Oh, wait, let's go to Las Vegas. That seems like a great idea. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, next week will be um, Carr's last game as the Raiders quarterback or he's done enough. Entirely possible. I think it just depends. But like uh, John Gruden loves pull, pushing the reset button on quarterbacks. Um, I reckon it just depends on who's available to him, uh, who's out there on the market. Might I'd love Cam, to go that Cam Newton at the Raiders would be hilarious. That would be interesting. Yeah, uh, I'd be interesting to see that. Yeah, I just the, think the billboards for the Vegas fans. Yeah. Tourists. Yeah. Carr's often pretty conservative. He completed 26 of 30 passes for 291 yards and a touchdown. Uh, They were without Josh Jacobs in the backfield in this one, but DeAndre Washington was good. Two minutes. Anything else you want to add at the very end there? I feel as if I took took over. No, the Chargers need to get to fuck. Okay, Carr. Yes, yes, they do. Rivers is garbage. Uh, And I reckon that might be... What a waste of a roster, by the way. What an absolute waste. Yeah, it's just been a, a, a real shambles of a season for them. Such high hopes, and they're probably going to finish bottom of that division. <laughs> How crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And reset button. And, oh, God, this is going to be difficult, though, because... Hang on. Three, two, one. There was a lot going on in the uh, New York Giants versus Washington Redskins game, which finished up... 41-35 to 35 in favour of the New York Giants. Uh, absolutely blistering the first half of football. Saw the Giants go up 28-14. to 14. Uh, But then just scoring kept going and going and going. And the Ravens pulled it back in the fourth quarter. Uh, scoring the two... Which, six, uh, the Washington Redskins. Who did I say? The Ravens. The Ravens. The Washington Redskins pulled it back uh, with 14 points in the fourth quarter to take it to overtime. Um, before the the Giants then strutted down the field and managed to punch it in, so uh, yeah, um, it was just a another a big performance from likes of Daniel Jones when it didn't matter, big performance from Saquon Barkley when it doesn't matter, 
Um, but if anything, this probably just helps solidify my prediction at the beginning of the season that the Redskins were going to be the worst team in the division because we were kind of humming and haying about whether it would be them or the Giants. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the Redskins just taking two just to piss off the Dolphins. No plan, <laughs> just to be contrary. They'll, they'll take him and then uh, just say like, okay, we'll, we'll give you him, but you've got to give us... Two See more one of those second other... rounders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or another another first rounder, and then they'd be like, hmm, well, we have been building for our future. Take but... Haskins okay. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was easily Haskins' best game. Um, 12 of 15, 133, two touchdowns. But you also saw uh, Case Keenum in this one as well. Uh, I feel sorry for Case Keenum because he's better than Haskins. <laughs> and the yeah. first couple of games of the season, he actually looked pretty good. Yeah, and he got fair. injured and it was he's never got back in. But um the Giants being the kings of garbage time. But when you actually look at the players that got themselves yards, mm-hmm. you know, Barkley, Five seconds, Shepard, Latimer, Slayton. They had players. Um mm-hmm. two minutes is up. I don't know. F- finish like, your thought. Eli ends the season for ends his career at five hundred if Daniel Jones is back in, so I'm happy about that. And mm-hmm. Daniel Jones goes for five touchdowns and no interceptions, which would have been good a couple of games ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it probably would have been good if they could do it frequently. But I think that's like he's clearly capable of throwing these um, these big games. Um, he's just if he, he, he can't can be from, electric if he just doesn't turn the ball over. If he gets help from Barkley, he's much better. Um, they need yeah. to hopefully get some O line help, get some more talent on the wide receivers, and they can start to yeah. spread it out a bit more. Although, anyway. uh, he, he did fumble again. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. It's a Danny Dimes He's thing seen he his does. Defensive line and his hands. And, um, yeah. And, um, I'm just going to kick this one off. Okay, here we go. God save our gracious king. God live our noble king. God save King Greer. Because he needs to be saved. Uh, three interceptions against the Indianapolis Colts. Came in, started it, completed the game. He had some moments, especially in the first half, where he looked all right. But um, yeah, against that Colts defense, they just kind of ate him alive. And uh, the Carolina Panthers end up losing thirty-eight to six against. Sorry, thirty-eight to six against the Indianapolis Colts. Just ouch. Yeah. What do you think the over/under is on how many, how many reps Greer actually took? this season before this game. I'm going at 12. Yeah, I don't think he had much of a <laughs> shot. He was just, just kind of put in there and being like, oh yeah, let's just see what we have. But yeah, like I think you can maybe say that you've seen a bit out of him in this. Um, but like those those picks just came and they were way too costly. Um, I mean, it's not often that you see a quarterback throw for 119 yards and no touchdowns and a team puts up 38 points. Because that's what happens when well. one of your special teams players scores two punt returns or kick returns or whatever they were. Yeah, certainly, it's certainly never happened that. before. Yeah, it was a, a bit, bit of a mess uh, from the Carolina Panthers, another team who we had relatively high hopes for at the start of the season, who just did not deliver. Uh, I, I just don't understand the, the the thinking though. Like Will Greer is a hometown kid. It's like they've tried to please the fans by alienating the fans because if they if the fans feel that like Kira's been hung out to try then that's not going to go down very well because he's a hometown mm. kid yeah and well, 
Yeah, we, we, I think we, we can we can both hope for a little more from from Will Greer. Uh, like I I definitely like to see him see him next week, but we'll see how we go. Two minutes. Yes. Anything else? No. Cool. Okay. That was that was relatively efficient. Also, we're we're not panicking as much. We're not panicking as much now that we're uh, um, saying like, okay, we can go about two minutes rather than my initial "let's do it in one minute" thing, because that would just be a bit crazy. But we're we're going we're going pretty good. That's um one two three four five six games down in twenty minutes, man. And the first five minutes of that was um, my impressions of people from different countries and stuff. It was really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think we'll move on to ones which we were anticipating spending a little bit more time on. So will we give ourselves, say, oh, at the moment, we'll say between uh, two and four minutes. Okay. If, if, we, if we feel like it, I'm just... Picking numbers out of my arse here, though. So, by all means, we'll just talk until I'm like, ah, that seems like a reasonable time to stop. Yes. Same good. Okay, cool. Let's hit up the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Jets. Because the Steelers, we've not been believing in them for a while. And over these last few games, they have been pretty god-awful. But that defense has been carrying them. And again, their defense showed up, um, again, holding a team to under 20 points. But that offense just couldn't really do anything. And the, the New York Jets pull up, pull an upset on the Steelers to... Are they, are they effectively out now? No, no, they're still the seventh seed projected. But that this result allowed the, the Titans to, to leapfrog them, actually, Good. up into the wildcard round. Good. Yeah, I'd say so. It's good to have the like. I definitely agree with you in that the Titans should be like the team in the wild card round that we actually want to see this year. But yes. we'll get onto them shortly. Um, but yeah, um, the the Steelers were were bad, man. It was a uh, two like two Duck Hodges um, interceptions in the first quarter resulted in him getting benched for Rudolph. And then Rudolph um, just get his shoulders right. Yeah, exactly. So he so Rudolph was then pulled out. And like to to his credit, Hodges came back in there and at least gave uh, the team a chance by by slinging it up to to Smith Schuster towards the end of the game. But um, yeah, it is just that offense just seems so futile right now. They're just not doing anything. Um, the, the running game was all right actually, in James Connor, um, but like they never like because they fell behind, they couldn't really use it. Uh, yeah, so Connor only ever really got six carries. They got caught out by an elite play after, like, in the, on the first drive from Anderson getting up high and and taking that out of the air from Darnold, and they were ten 0 down after the first quarter, and they didn't really or ten 0 after yeah after the first quarter, and it's like their offense isn't that good to keep recovering from that, um, and they did everything they could just yeah. to get it back to ten 0 and. You know, they kind of just burn out. If you have out. a defense Once like they, that, yeah. I, I kind of think, like, if you're the Steelers and you pull Hodges out and then you put someone else in, I, I don't get what the point is. Like, and especially when you have to then go put him back in again. Like, a really good quarterback is treated like a god and a very average quarterback is treated like trash in this league. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. 
what benefit to the team? Because they've ten all, they have to put Rudolph back in. His confidence is shot, or you have to put Hodges back in, and they didn't score another point. Yeah. So they didn't score at all in the second quarter, in in the second half. Sorry. Yeah. What's the What's the point? And I get that Tomlin, like let's say it's elite mentality, and it's you know we have to win every game, and this isn't acceptable for the Steelers. But sometimes you have to accept your trash. I mean, and... I think that Tomlin Tomlin realizes what he's got there. He realizes he's got an elite defense. He just needs his quarterback to be good, not great. And over the last few weeks, they've not been good. It's just that they've they've absolutely been to the detriment of the team. Um, whereas before, they were managing to eke out these wins, um, just just through like just enough quarterback play to to get their noses out in front, get a couple of field goals on the board, maybe a touchdown if you're lucky. But um, this team's been far from explosive since Big Ben's gone. Actually, Big Ben was never even very good in this one well, as well. Thirty-three now or something in there. <laughs> Game yeah, exactly. So. Was, they were terrible, and um, I guess you'll wait to see like what the verdict is on Big Ben for next year and where you want to go. But I mean, I can see this team taking a quarterback in at least the second round. No, well, they don't have a first-round pick, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also the Jets. I mean, obviously they're out of it and everything. Uh, Darnold. Just like bang average again. Uh, Le'Veon Bell probably got about as many yards as he's ever got this season in 70, 72 yards, but he did so on 25 carries, an average of 2.9 yards. Just uh, not his uh, not his best game, but he gets to go back to Pittsburgh and rub their noses in it a little bit. Maybe even say, hey, trade for me, get me back again. Well, he turned up in a bright yellow hoodie. <laughs> Oops, so was, I didn't mean to. No, this is repping. Which side am I repping? Oh, is no, is. But that's all right. <laughs> so it ended ten to sixteen to the Jets. Jets are in the AFC East. No one cares. Yeah. And the Steelers yeah. playing themselves out of a playoff spot. Yeah, which is just good. like they they do when they're in the playoffs. Mm. One thing I should mention actually from earlier on is that because of certain results. The Oakland Raiders are still technically in the playoff hunt, uh, as are technically the Cleveland Browns. So um, it's it's weird. Uh, yeah, they're still hanging on in there, but it's 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 a really weird one. Actually, no, I think no. Now are the Browns out? I can't remember how they this are. Works. They're six and nine. So if the yeah, Jets yeah. are out, the Browns so, are out. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what's going on. I think there is some weird way in which certain things can happen, but maybe not that. Um, but yeah, they uh, get a brand t- new coach and a brand new offensive line, and they completely mm-hmm. change their mindset and win two games that don't exist. Yeah, it's not it. Yeah, cool, perfect. Um, right, speaking of the Browns, uh, they started off pretty decent in this one, and yeah. then they didn't, uh, and then because... they coached themselves out of the game. Yeah, R- Ravens... and it was coaching, and mm-hmm. it's it has to be. He has to be gone. Like, you're 6-0 up against the Ravens. They turn it over on downs a couple of times. Well, it's... It, was, it, was, it was turnover on downs and then uh, Mark Ingram fumble. Uh, yeah. And that's actually eerily similar to what happened in your win earlier this season. 
Um, but and and then you're just like, oh, okay, maybe maybe this is what the Browns need. And then they just did not capitalize on that. It was uh, well, sorry, they they managed to get their one touchdown off of that fumble. Um, but like before that, it was punt, punt. Then after that, it was punt, punt, punt. End of half, field goal. Uh, like it just, yeah, it was not good at all. Whereas the Ravens knew what it was that they had to do, came out there, executed another three touchdowns from Lamar Jackson through the air and another 100-yard rushing game for him as well. The thing is, the, the Browns could have said, hey, we probably aren't going to get anywhere on this. Let's just run the ball a couple of times. Um, take the time off the clock. Maybe go for a Hail Mary. we got the right receivers and the tight ends to do it. And we go in losing 7-6. And if we can hold them on the first play of the second half, then you know maybe we can get somewhere. But what they did is they threw the ball three times in 20 seconds, gave the Baltimore, gave Baltimore a minute... Mm-hmm. And then Baltimore score a touchdown. Suddenly it's fourteen six, and they allow the <laughs> the Ravens to go on a seven minute thirteen play drive to start the third quarter, and suddenly mm-hmm. it's twenty one six and it's over. Yeah, the the, the, the Ravens over in two drives. Like that, that that's I think that's a real mark of what it is about the Ravens that's so scary, is that um those first two touchdowns they had. Uh, those drives there was uh, two plays, sixty-three yards. So that was like thirty-two seconds. Then the next pl- the next time when it was you know time was a factor, it was uh, seven plays, seventy-five yards in forty-six seconds. And then it was that clock chewing thirteen plays, sixty-nine yards, seven minute twenty-four drive that ended in a Mark Ingram uh, touchdown reception. There's just they they just seem to be masters of working the clock when they need it. And um, absolutely blitzing you when you you just don't have any time for it. And they only held the ball once in the fourth quarter, but they held it for like five minutes for eight plays and scored a touchdown. So even when the, the Browns are like, oh, we got a touchdown, we're coming back into it. No, we're going to waste all the time. You're going like, to yeah, the ball back <laughs> with like a minute left, you know? It's... Yeah, go, go put the kettle on. We'll come back to you once we've scored. Yeah. Effectively what it seems like. But the Ravens are scary. Um, Jackson looks good. I'm still, I like Jackson a lot. Um, me, but me too. All, all of these talking head things saying that would you rather have Mahomes or Jackson? No, you'd rather have Mahomes. But Jackson is in this system and the way they've set it up. He's scary. The team's scary. People mm-hmm. forget that they've got Edwards and Ingram, like, and a very good offensive line and a very good defense. So it's not just Jackson, but. The way they've set it up for him to run is just, yeah. Mm. And I wonder if there's occasions when Jackson's like, I could run for a touchdown here, but I'm going to play the clock and slide. I wonder if he just knows he's that fast that he can break holes and he's probably been told not to to waste time, especially in games when they've been up, because they've been up in early every game um. <laughs> for the last, like, 11 weeks, so... I'm uh, just going to have to stop you for a second there, Dan, because your audio's gone really, really weird and crunchy and to, to it's you. destroying my ears. <laughs> like, I don't know, don't quite know what you've done here, but it's all... I'm here. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Nope, that's still terrible. Like, it um, happened earlier on as well, but only very briefly. 
It's going to sound perfectly fine to the listeners right now, but to me, it's even worse than your regular voice. God, well, it sounds like you're being possessed. It's not me. It's <laughs> you. I don't know. Perhaps. Um, let's let's pause the episode for just a moment, and we'll we'll come back to it shortly, shall we? Okay, sorry, and we're back. Uh, so yeah, that was weird. So I have no idea what you just said there, Darren, but uh, I'm sure it was uh, both interesting, informative, and uh, and banterous. Uh, so I'll just try and go along with that and hope that you didn't talk about what I'm going to talk about. Uh, that uh, the Pope now has a Lamar Jackson jersey. <laughs> well, actually, more, more accurately... He has a name. He has a Baltimore Ravens jersey with Francis written on the back of it, the number eight, and it's signed by Lamar Jackson. MV Pope, MV Pope, MV Pope. But to be honest, like the video of the Pope from this week, where people are trying to kiss his hands, he's like, no, no, don't, don't kiss my hand. That's what Lamar's like with defenses. He's just like, no, get out of my way. Yeah, well, like, don't, don't, don't kiss my hand. I haven't, I haven't washed it since I had a poop. I'm sure that'll be it. There you go. Only the highest brow humor here, folks. Uh, just top quality, top drawer. Uh, by the way, credit will go to uh, Andrew McConaughey, who pointed that out to me. Uh, I thought that was just a, a, a rather interesting story. It was it was a gift from uh, a, a local Baltimore um, uh, man of the cloth, I believe. So, um, yeah, the Baltimore Archbishop William E. Laurie. It just sounds like a euphemism. It does a bit, doesn't it? Um, anyway, are we done with uh, Ravens and Browns? Yes, I just want Freddie Kitchens to bugger off. I want Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield to stop throwing the ball to Ricky Seals-Jones. And mm-hmm. so does Odell. I want the safeties to stop the freaking run. That would be uh, a novelty, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> also, with this win, the Ravens managed to secure the number one seed in the playoffs, which is great. Does that mean that Lamar won't play next week? Are we going to see some RG3? Uh, yes. I reckon that is almost a guarantee. I'll be watching. He's not been okay. fantastic, but we'll hope for it. Yeah, okay, cool. Good. Anyway. Let's go with some RG3. Um, and we shall head on to Tampa Bay now, where the Houston Texans managed to overcome the Buccaneers. Or rather, the Buccaneers managed to overcome them, themselves on the behalf of the Texans. Because it was another Jameis game where he just blows up and throws four interceptions to only one touchdown. So he is only two touchdowns shy of having thrown 30 interceptions this season. Like, it absolutely boggles the mind. No quarterback has ever done that before. Um, It's just... It's crazy. And they've already said now, they actually came out before this game and said, yep, Jameis is definitely coming back next year. And then this goes and happens. Um, it's fun, though. Yeah, the, it, is, it is immensely fun. But imagine how immensely frustrating it must be to be on the Jameis coaster. Uh, and, like, you know, like your highs are, are super great and you're, you're going on these awesome loop-de-loops and, whoa, it's scary, but it's fun and just going touchdowns. And then it stoops below the ground and then you just have um, people with fecal matter and um, stuff on their hands and they're slapping you and they've got syringes on there and stuff and just everything's scary and nasty and gross. And that's what this game was. It's like a weekend on Union Street in Aberdeen. 
Hey, pretty much. Right outside Maka's across with the graveyard, day. Oi. Anyway, so uh. within by about 15 minutes past one American time, or Eastern Coastal time, the Buccaneers had had two interceptions on a blocked field goal and were 10-0 down. Mm. I think this is a three-hour game. <laughs> 14 minutes into the, the game. So actually, what was it? Only, only five, threw th- five he, minutes into the... He threw the... three interceptions in 18 minutes. <laughs> uh, he, threw, <laughs> he threw one on his second pass, I think it was. And then uh, three passes later, he threw another one. And um, yeah, it was on his um, first pass of the second quarter. He um, throws another pick. It's just an absolute, absolute mess. And um, it, like I say, it's it's just it's chaos back there. But like you can't, I don't think you can blame him too hard for for this one because he was without his top two wide receivers. But you saw him do something against teams without their wide receivers, uh, like the other week. And Bashar Perriman did come up in this one and get another 100-yard game. Very good. But it's not the same as having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out there to really stretch the field and make defences scared. Uh, Ronald Jones had a decent game, but, yeah, like this, they're, just, they're just not there. So here's a question for you. Would you... You'd, I assume you'd rather be at... Say next week doesn't go well and they end 7-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. They've got to be the happiest seven and nineteen. Do you not think? Um, happiest seven and nineteen. Well, it's going to be the. I mean, who else Broncos, is there? Broncos, Browns, team that the Raiders. No, Atlanta. Dude, cow- Cowboys. Cowboys. I mean, cow- Cowboys should have the, like one of the best rosters in the NFL. Yet they're and they might still win the win that division no. miraculously. No. Um. But um, yeah, yeah, like they they have their own problems. We'll get onto them shortly. But like the the, the Buccaneers, their their defense is doing something. Um, like so, Sean Murphy bunting back there has been good. They've been really, really good at stopping the run. And um, you've got the likes of uh, our, our boy Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul um, getting into the backfield a lot. Um, you know that they've got some pieces together and like they're starting to do something and. Like, uh, Deshaun Watson didn't have a touchdown in this game. Uh, the only offensive touchdown came from Carlos Hyde. But it, you, you guess you don't need to have an offense against the Buccaneers if they will literally just throw you the ball the entire time. Um, it's just too easy. He has to have hmm. a 10-point hole to keep climbing. It's not fun otherwise. Do you imagine, like, if you took out how many points... Because it's not like the Buccaneers... Like... Get a t- like what happened a few times where it's like, oh, you know, even in this game, it's like you get a turnover and then the other team doesn't score any points and it's fine. Buccaneers give up like 14 points for every three turnovers. <laughs> so it's just a disaster. And it's... <laughs> that, that, that defense is always put in a hole and um, like you just really can't blame them. But it's it, like the Jags a couple just... of years ago. Can you, can you imagine if Jameis could just filter out? Half of these and that's what I mean, things because they're scoring the points. Like he's, he's immense. He's going to throw for five thousand yards again, 
Um, and 31 touchdowns is how much he's put up. But that, that 28 interceptions is just out of this world. Um, I can't remember who last had anything near that amount. Uh, probably, uh, maybe I think Eli Manning might have had a bad one. Maybe maybe even Roethlisberger early in his career. Um, I think but, it was, um, was it not Peyton in his first season had like 20, I was thinking 20, that, yeah. 28 touchdowns and like 26 interceptions or something? Yeah, there was something long, long like that. Oh, I've gone for most interceptions, um, but it's come up with cornerbacks. Uh, QB in a season. Uh, NFL passes uh, intercepted single season leaders. It could well be that Peyton Manning one. Um, well, if you don't, if you discount uh, George Blanda in 1962, who threw uh, 42, <laughs> and uh, actually, um, no, would you look at that? Vinny Testaverde threw 35 in 1988. It's the most recent one. That's uh, that's incredible. James can beat that in the last game. Eight interceptions. I think he can. Could well do, but uh, like I mean, in th- in that season, Vinny Testaverde threw his thirty-five interceptions, and he but he only threw thirteen touchdowns, and uh, and that that was at Tampa Bay as well. I might add. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> he's not really enjoying that there. But yeah, um, uh, uh, before that, it, um, Frank Tr- Frank Trapuka. Of the of the Broncos uh, in 1960, but yeah, like there's been nothing since Vinny Testaverde that's even come close to this. But the fact that Jameis has that upside is just it's just the weirdest thing. But if you get it's a safer quarterback back there, maybe that's all you need. If you can build your defense, you've got an offense there, you've got a good system. Maybe Jameis is the one that's holding you back, despite the fact that he's got all this immense talent out there. Yeah. Um, cool. We need to wrap this one up. I know, but here's something for all listeners if they ever do an NFL trivia. Um, the Miami Hurricanes 1985 quarterback room, the university, <laughs> was Jim Kelly, Vinny Testaverde, and Doug Peterson. Not a bad quarterback room. It's not bad. It's not bad. Not bad. Hmm. I wonder where that one came from. I like how. Nice, nice, I wonder. Nice little bit of trivia. If Doug Peterson and Frank Reich just in a group call just called Jim Kelly up and were like, we got a Super Bowl. Fuck you. Because <laughs> <laughs> both of them were like understudies to him in their career. Why, why does Jim Kelly always end up getting, getting bitch slapped on this show? Uh, we just I always love, keep I bringing him, that back he's up. He's not very well and he was a very good quarterback and he's a nice guy. He seems like an excellent guy. <laughs> yeah. But we are not being excellent guys right now because we are we are giving Houston versus Tampa far too much talk. But it's just because Tampa's so fun to talk about. It is, and mm-hmm. and it's going to be great when they 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 sign Mariota to one year veterans minimum, and they just Ooh. they just <laughs> that is so stupid. <laughs> Throw it against the wall. You know what they need? They need a bloody running back. Melvin Gordon. They could do with something there. Melvin Gordon or something. Nah, I mean, like, Ronald Jones isn't bad. Oh, I, I think they need an them. offensive line. An offensive line and a quarterback who can throw his own team more than the other team. PFF anyway. ripped him, though. Did he not? He's got, like, <laughs> five drops and, like, 15 throws or something mm. in his career. He cannot catch a ball, yeah. which seems mm. like, you know, if you play football, you should be able to at least kind of catch a ball. Yeah, Even if you're an offensive you so. lineman, you should know how to catch a ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting paid money to play a game. 
Yeah, but not usually when you've got a ball involved. Anyway, Darren, back on track. Yes. Kansas City Chiefs, Chicago Bears. A team that's not fun to talk about is the Chicago Bears. Trash. Mitchell Trubisky. Steaming. Back to being Mitchell smelly. Trubisky again. New York. Oh, big. Chicago. Chicago dung heap. Crap. Yeah, not great. And I, I just love watching Frank Clark just chase Trubisky around the whole field, whole game. Oh. Yeah, Clark had a, had a good one in this one. Uh, but like, yeah, just tr- tr- Trubisky was just an absolute mess all the time. Uh, Frank Clark, he, he got he only got managed to get one sack and I'm going to tackle for a loss in this one, but he was in his face all the time. I'd be interested to see the pressures numbers here because Trubisky was just running into trouble the entire time. Uh, again, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Well done, Mitchell. We'll give you that. Um, but it was um, less than 50% completion percentage, 157 yards. Wasn't getting much help from his running back room, but I mean, you wouldn't expect it when you've got to be the ones putting up points. And Chiefs just ground it out. Patrick Mahomes looked really good again. Um, again, just Chiefs are rolling 11-4 and four now, and they're not a team that you want to be playing in the playoffs. And at the moment, it's projected to be the Texans playing them. So a very interesting game, I'd say. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so earlier in the season, we were doing our scorecards or our ratings out of 10 of quarterbacks in the first couple of years. And I think mm. we had, I think I said Baker is a 10 because I'm a snap. But <laughs> oh, conservatively, no. we had him probably a 7. Um, and then we got, we, I think we had Lamar at like an 8. And we had Mahomes was the only 10, I think. That's mm. how we had it. I would still have Mahomes as the only 10. I know that Jackson's been MVP-ish, but I just think Mahomes is a beautiful man. <laughs> Jack Jackson is guaranteed MVP of this season. It's just, in terms of the, like the amount of touchdowns he's thrown, which I think is about 36, and he's had um, how many rushing touchdowns as well? Like Maybe he's at like 10 or something, as well as 1,200-plus uh, yards on the ground. Um like that's that's crazy, but in in terms of the way that Mahomes can sling the ball, he's got more throws than Jackson. He's a better all round quarterback than Jackson, and I don't think anyone would dispute that. And his his, his running ability is um, what some would define as sneaky, but like he's just he's capable. He's got this amazing pocket presence, this amazing awareness, and you picked up on his um his uh, two minute like run sorry sorry two point attempt uh, run around in the Broncos last week in the snow. And like he just looks so comfortable in all weathers, in all situations, even even if he's a little bit banged up. He's playing he, on a he, fractured ankle and a dislocated knee this season, and he still looks just fluid. Just everything looks great. And yeah, they're eleven and four, but they've won their division. And <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs really cause problems in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. I could see it being New England Chiefs again in the finals, even though, even though the Bills and the Ravens and all that are doing quite well. I still, you know, greatness is greatness. I just kind of feel that the Chiefs have had a tough season of injuries, and I think they've got all their mm-hmm. players back and they've got their system just in time. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what's a good measure of that greatness is being able to put up these points, get these wins, and not turn the ball over. And Mahomes has only thrown four interceptions all season. Um, and like c- considering 
that this is also a depleted team. Let's not forget that. They're missing some guys in their running backfield. Uh, having to bring back uh, Spencer Ware off of uh, out of free agency. Um, Tra- Travis Kelsey still uh, looking absolutely beastly at, at tight end. And uh, Tyreek Hill still a weapon. Sammy Watkins uh, didn't really show up in this one, but he's there. And you kind of get the feeling that he's just going to come up big at some point again. He's done it once this season, but he could do it again. Tariq but Hill the one thing that this cannot type. be understated here... Yeah, sorry, right. sorry. The one, the one thing that cannot be understated here is the fact that Kansas City has a defense now. Yeah. Last season, they did not Terrell have a defense. Terrell Suggs, Matthew... Yeah, Suggs is in, yeah. Terrell Matthew, that, that Pro Bowl snub's crazy. Yeah. Um, one thing I loved, one of my favorite moments in this game was just, there was a, a really good, like, third and 20 play to Tariq Hill where he was facing towards his own half with two yards left to make, and he kind of glitched like a video game and was facing the right way. And all, <laughs> and all weird, he had to do it? was fall over, and he got the two yards. So he fell over before the two guys got to him, and he got the first down. And it's just like he was facing the other way. It was literally like an eighth of a second, and he's facing the right way. Um, uh, echoes of the human joystick Dante Hall when he was playing for the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, just this the, the change of direction and pace in some of these athletes is just crazy. Yeah, I agree. And Mahomes' uh, scramble for a touchdown when it looked like Leonard Floyd had him, and it was just like he's just jogging. He's not even looking yeah. like he's running that fast, and he's just getting further away and further away. And he ended up being like 15 yards away. But he didn't look mm-hmm. like he was running. He looked like he was still trying to find a pass. He was like, kind of like jogging with his hand up in the air and somehow he was 10 yards away. And it's just sneaky speed talent. They are a really good team. And if you have a really good season, like the Bills or that, and then you end up having or the Texans and you have to play the Chiefs, mm. it's like, what's the point? <laughs> I'm just thinking about how this could pan out. I'm just looking at how the wild cards are at the moment and stuff. And I'm just seeing the Chiefs having to go to Foxborough. But if they could just do that, then you could have like a Chiefs Ravens. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chiefs Ravens AFC Championship game. That would be, that would be nice. Uh, and I think that would probably be the, the best contest of the season. Um, it feels kind yeah, of out of the way. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting ahead of myself now. It does, I don't know it? if it's just because of the AFC being the Patriots, but the AFC feels like yeah. the more technical division, like the more hard-nosed, blue-collar division. Mm-hmm. and Or conference, sorry. And to have the Chiefs play the Ravens in the championship game just seems to kind of go against what I think the AFC is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be good for the NFL. It'd be great for the NFL, just these... Young like stars, because there was yeah. a point like a couple of years ago. Pass the torch. Yeah. Pass the oh, torch. Need to. It felt like a couple of years ago. All we were talking about was like Breeze and Brady and Rogers, and it's, there was it's nothing that time, else. Man. You know, there was like seventeen years difference between them and the play, the, the rest of the players in the league. Yeah, I think like in the in the, the middle of the pack, but the only person you really have there is Russell Wilson, perhaps He's like thirty-one. And then. Yeah, and then everyone else is either 42 or Twelve. 23. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, we should probably think of moving on to, to our, our next contest. 
And uh, we're, we're in the more time on section, yeah, we're, but we're I reckon that we're there, probably right? just going to do that. Yeah, we're doing it already. So um, uh, shall we just talk about the New Orleans Saints at the Tennessee Titans, I think would be a good place to start. Great game. Great game. Yeah. Oh, beautiful <laughs> game. Like these, both these teams are talented and that's why the Titans have to make the playoffs ahead of the Steelers. It's just... It wouldn't, it does, it does feel like it wouldn't be right if they weren't included in the playoffs at this point, because they they are just fun. Uh, like like T- Tannehill ends up throwing three three touchdowns in this one, uh, two very quick at the very beginning, uh, including a, a big one to AJ Brown, who just just looks fire, man. Honestly, he's a he's a, a real real good player. Um, also, sorry, sorry, no. I lie. It was uh, Tajay Sharp, but AJ Brown is still straight fire. Oh, he... Uh, he had a he, he, like AJ Brown technically had a carry for uh, his forty-nine yard score, um, but yeah, uh, they they shot out ahead, but the Saints didn't panic. They came back. They got it to fourteen ten at the half to the Titans, and then up they stepped in the third quarter. Twenty-one points. Alvin Kamara finally showed up. His first touchdowns since week three. And he got two of them, including a 40-plus yarder. Can I just say justice? Justice for Taysom Hill. Like, that <laughs> that trick play, fake punt pass was perfect, and the gunner dropped it. And yeah, it was just, I was, like, up going, yeah, Taysom Hill. And I didn't even realise he dropped it. I was like, what? How? It's like, what's happening there? Like, seriously. But the Saints were interesting this game. They they changed it up a bit. They they used Taysom Hill a bit more. They put Kamara out in the shotgun, and it just worked. Um, in the second half, they they really did run all over. Um, the Titans, which they weren't really able to do in the first half, and it was just it seemed like a, a change in tactics. You know, um, Michael Thomas got his um record receptions of a game to spare. Um, yeah, oh he, my, he, my God, he just... leveled it. Off of a Taysom Hill throw? Yes, I was just about to say, so that would be another good one to have in your trivia box. Uh, yeah, so like, there, there's your justice. Taysom Hill got to uh, equal the record, and then Drew Brees came out uh, moments later and, and broke it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, another ridiculous game for Michael Thomas. Another 12 receptions, 136 yards and a score. I always um, watch Thomas and I'm like, I don't. I, I know he's a good player, but I don't get how he gets so many yards and so many points. And then this game, when they were really paying attention to him because he was going to break the record, you could really see mm. his like line speed. Um, it's his, his, his route running his, like, is the, incredible as well. Because you know, this is what I, I don't think people understand about the NFL is if you even move a shoulder or a hip, it's a false start. So until mm. the ball was snapped and you're on the line, you can't really move and. Michael Thomas seems to be able to kind of glitch like three yards to either side before he he's, runs He's already running full speed. Yeah. yeah. And the it's like a, a hip kind of... He's probably quite a good dancer. It's like a hip kind of jump running man thing. And he ends up being two yards to the other side of the cornerback. Or the, he's already running full speed by that point. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's that, that agility, that strength. Uh, and then, like you say, the, the way in which you move your shoulders and your hips and stuff later on dictates how quickly you can turn one way and how sharply you can run your route because a lot of these throws should be in anticipation so 
the way that it works on some certain throws is that the ball gets uh, thrown before the receiver is even turned to where they're supposed to be going to. Before they even looking at the ball, the ball is already being thrown. And um, Michael Thomas just has that chemistry with Drew Brees down to, to such a T that um, like it's, it's, there's just clearly now, officially, statistically, no one else who's ever done it like that. Yeah. But the the Titans were good in this game. You know, um, I said to you before, Dion Lewis. Oh, absolutely. Dion Lewis looked like the um, he didn't like, his numbers weren't super high, but he looked like the Patriots Dion Lewis, which he's not looked like there. And it just seems like those ten points that they lost by were Derrick Henry. This mm, whole game yeah. just he felt could have like been the change in that game. They didn't have enough to get enough. They didn't get enough possessions or enough first downs to win this game. And as Derek Henry being there would have made a massive difference. But I've got to say, like Corey Davis, AJ Brown, that's a very good one too. Tajay Sharp coming up as the third receiver and and you know coming up when he's needed. Actually, not he doesn't drop the ball. He gets in space in the end zone. If you have AJ Brown as a one-two and Tajay Sharp can clean up, that's a that's a good core. They're, they're an explosive side. And they're, definitely. There's there's a lot to be very, very happy with if you're a Tennessee Titans fan. But the thing is, they've been sitting on a lot of this for for so long, but it's been sitting behind Marcus Mariota, so you've not even realised what you've got there. And then in comes Tannehill, who's just been, been lights out for a lot of this year. Uh, and like you say, I do think that perhaps just having that, that thunder to Dion Lewis's lightning as they initially anticipated when they brought Dion Lewis in, um, would have would have maybe tipped the balance in their favour in this one because despite the fact that it finished up 38-28 to the Saints, the Titans were well in this uh, into the fourth quarter, but it, it was just um, the Saints just eventually uh, like outran them and overpowered them. But had they had that power of their own, might have been different. Yeah, it's... I, I don't know how to put it, it's just the Titans... They seem to be their own worst enemies at times, and they seem to be having the kind of organizational changes to stop that. Um, mm. But I always, I'm, I'm a Mariota defender to a point, but who Mariota? 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 <laughs> I'm just, I'm just pretending like I've forgotten who he is now. <laughs> but when they played Mariota last year, they didn't let him run. They made him play as a pocket passer and he was never going to be a pocket it they just seemed to make decisions he was supposed to be a good passer didn't yeah. make sense and now they've got Tannehill and it's like no no Tannehill is a pocket passer it makes total sense one of the things I would I, I thought this when I was watching it and this might sound terrible and you can um shoot me down on this but mm-hmm. the virtual GM in me was like what happens if the Titans sign Tannehill to a to a new contract mm-hmm. and then trade Tannehill to the Saints for Ter- Teddy Bridgewater and then the Saints <laughs> have Tannehill for when Breeze is injured and the Titans have Bridgewater. Uh, Very unlikely because both th- players are out of contracts. So it's more likely both of them will be free agents before that happens. But uh, I, I think that Tannehill is a shoo-in for the, um, for the franchise tag. And I think that in New Orleans, Teddy Bridgewater 
came in and won every game that he played in and was showing flashes that he could be a decent quarterback if given the chance. Uh, I, I don't think they're totally set on him, but I don't think bringing someone like Ryan Tannehill in is going to be the, the answer in New Orleans once Drew Brees is gone. That's the way. That's my take on it. He just had some moments in this game that were just so clean. Mm. And, like, to be fair, I, I've said before, he was great. He had his moments at the Dolphins, and I don't think the Dolphins lost in spite of him, or won in spite of him. He was, he was carrying them a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. So he's there, but uh, I don't know. I... It'll be interesting to see what New Orleans do next season because I think Bridgewater, every time Jameis Winston scores a touchdown or has a close game, Bridgewater is losing a million dollars. Because <laughs> Bridgewater could have been on that Foles contract next year, you know, four years, 75 million at the bit at the Buccaneers. But then every time that Jameis Winston throws an interception, um, you know, that, that like, you know, goes and puts back another $500,000 on that contract. Uh, just purely on the merit of how volatile he is, whereas um, Bridgewater's proven to be a safe pair of hands with the right roster around him. Do you imagine Bridgewater with Evans and Godwin? That'd be nice, man. I mean, I don't think he's an aggressive deep passer, so you see what happens with it, but like, I think the only thing that's going to dictate that is the fact that Bruce Arians' system usually takes two, like, like a season and a half for everything to come together. Yeah. So maybe he's just like, nah, we're we're committed to going with Jameis now. This is what it's going to be. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. Anyway, how do we get back onto the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We've already done that. <laughs> it's terrible, bad, bad, bad podcast. Anyway, let's let's move on from the from the Saints Titans, shall we? Yes. Okay, so the Arizona Cardinals versus the Seattle Seahawks. Cardinals pull out a big, big upset over Seattle. Uh, 27-13. And Cardinals Seattle were, were pretty in this game. I don't even say Seattle were rubbish, but the Cardinals well, were see, really yeah. good. <laughs> Cardinals were really good in, uh, in in many aspects of this game. It didn't help that Carlo Murray was uh, knocked out of the game later on and was replaced by Brett Hundley, who is pretty garbage. But Kenyon Drake, man, he's just absolutely... He's pretty much... Ran for twenty four, sorry, ran for twenty four carries, one hundred and sixty six yards, two touchdowns, and managed to take John, David Johnson to the curb and uh, order maneuver because he's just out of there now. Unfortunately for him, he's not ordering the maneuver. He's put him in the bin. <laughs> oh, how harsh! His broken ankle sticking up in the air. Oh man! That's... Someone else who was crazy in this game though uh, was Chandler Jones. Four sacks. Two tackles for a loss, two forced fumbles. He's having a so great he's, time, he, making his brother proud. All, like one of the all-time great seasons. He's up to 19 sacks and eight forced fumbles this season. And the only person to have ever made those numbers in the same season is Robert Mathis, uh, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, yeah, he just chewed them up all day. And um, like the, <laughs> the Seahawks roster shows it at the end because... They were terribly, terribly beaten up. They're pretty much down on all running backs now. It looks like they're going to lose Chris Carson for the season. CJ Procise, um, like pretty much, I think he broke his arm. So you're down to the likes of Travis Homer in in your backfield now. Uh, the, like, like the the guys on the they run the NFL podcast joked that they got Christine Michael on speed dial. So we'll see about maybe getting him back in again. But um, yeah, this uh, Seahawks team must be getting a little bit worried about all these injuries that are mounting up. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know. I I think the Seahawks are the Seahawks. They're 11-4. They'll be fine. Um, in terms of the running backs, David Moore is not a running back. I don't know who Travis Homer is. And if <laughs> Procise and Carson are injured, then it's a big problem. <laughs> But this will this will be where you find out, you know, the PFF and all that. They come out and they say, "Oh, running backs don't matter. Having it, you know, just you can as long as someone understands the scheme, they'll fit there. They'll have two, two or three scout team running backs, and this is when we'll find out whether or not that's the case. And I, I'm a big believer in good running backs make, you know, make a big difference. Yeah. So, um, if they crash and burn here, I think. That settles the. You need to have a running back. <laughs> you need to have a running back. <laughs> well, you, you need to have a running back. And yes. can run four yards to carry. Oh, maybe they maybe they bring back. Um, uh, what's his name? Former Browns running back. Guy who played in the um, uh, ALF. What's his name? Trent, oh, Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. That's the he was player. quite good for the Birmingham Irons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, that that's what happens when you're playing against um, butchers, bakers and candlestick makers on a defensive line. But um yeah, like this uh, this result um obviously the Seahawks are still going to make it. They're probably still going to go through with the projected 5th seed. Um but I mean, like I don't think anyone really saw this coming and everyone was expecting next week's game to be the the, the the real decision maker in that division. Still but because got, of this result and, and other to ABC though. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's and it's still I guess is it still intriguing? Is there still Yeah, because the Seahawks can beat the seedings to play for in this one. So Yeah. I mean, in in uh, that side like, it's intriguing, but I guess if if they beat the 49ers, then that opens the door for the Saints. Who also need to win in that regard. So, like, there's still seedings to, to play for in that regard. What's happening with the Vikings? Um, like, the NFC is so strong. It's like the Vikings have won every all their home games this season, and no one cares. <laughs> Vikings are projected six seeds at the moment, so they effectively have to have to win in Lambeau, and then they have to go and win their their final game. Uh, so, obviously, we won't be able to cover the the Vikings versus Packers just now. But um, we'll maybe have a, a quick uh, roundup tomorrow before I end up yeah, running away for Christmas. Vikings games are um, both away. That's kind of tough on us. But okay, I I dive. Yeah. I, I, I one of them against one of them is against the Bears. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I say? The Cardinals. Like I think, if anyone was unsure of if Cliff's Kingsbury could be an NFL coach, give him an eleven point lead. His quarterback goes out and he has two and a half quarters of Brett Hunley and Yeesh. he still manages to win by 14 points. I think he showed a lot today. And when I was watching this, this well, I didn't watch the whole game, but watched the condensed game and it was like Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, Fitzgerald, you know, um, Kirk. This isn't bad. It's not, not as bad. There's a making like, of a good roster there. Roster, you know, they can definitely have plays on Kenyon Drake. What a steal. And we knew it. We said it. <laughs> Whoever drafts yeah. Kenyon Drake is getting a player. And for a third round pick. <laughs> Absolute bargain. So now, I'm like, I think 
the Cardinals defense has its flaws. Obviously, we've said that the likes of Chandler Jones is incredible. Uh, Patrick Peterson hasn't had his best season, though. But he's been he's been ill. He's dropped up like ten pounds or something as well. Um, so maybe still need to improve on defense. I I would say defense and offensive line, and you can maybe just let some of these young wide receivers maybe grow into themselves. But you could you might want to just go and throw up a high draft pick at a wide receiver spot again. Um, especially since Larry Fitz isn't getting any younger, but he did have a, a great catch for a touchdown in this one. He, he caught the ball um, sort of out in the flat and just lets people run by him, stand still and lets them go, and then just cranks it up, drags a couple of guys into the end zone, reaches out, touchdown. Um, really, really nice. I, I just love seeing a good Larry Fitz play. I really He's hope just... he plays next year, and I think he will actually, I think. I hope he never retires. Uh, personally, he just keeps going and going. He's just—he's an ageless wonder, and I love him to bits. Uh, and, and also, he just just seems like a real good guy. I probably say that every time I talk about Larry Fitzgerald. Actually, just how much I love him. Seeing Gonzalez is a bit of a, a stud when it comes to kicking and stuff. Right? He just doesn't seem like he knows how to miss. He got a field goal blocked, and then he, on the run back, made the worst tackle I've ever seen. And if I could find it. <laughs> And Giffy, he kind of like tried to, rather than rap, which I don't understand. And this is where it comes back to the whole, you get paid to play this sport. You know, there are skinny halfbacks in rugby that can tackle. Can at Mm -hmm. least teach your like kickers how to like rap. But like, but, but you're not really wanting to do that too much because that's just like, it's putting them in harm's way. That's the problem. Because you'll, you'll get kickers who'll chase someone down and then they'll try and tackle someone and then they'll end up with a, a boot going through their, their their visor and stuff like that. Yeah, well, um, what he did in this game was he literally just kind of, like, fell, like, you know, the fish <laughs> celebration in FIFA onto the guy's the legs. salmon dance. Mm-hmm. After he'd already <laughs> been tackled, just to make it look like he was doing something. It was the worst tackle I've ever seen. But yeah, it really was. Yeah, man, we should really move on because despite the fact that we did all those like one to two minute ones, we're still up to an hour and ten now. This is just ridiculous. Yeah. So I think that um, let's let's crank through these last few. Um, Dallas versus Philadelphia, hot garbage. Da- Dallas just absolute d- disgrace of a ball club now. Not going to give them any credit anymore. Um, just no no touchdowns in this one. It was all Kai Forbath and. It was the, the the play calling from Jason Garrett. So like when they're when they're behind in the in the fourth quarter on fourth and one, and then they don't go for it. He ends up punting it away, and then later he's like, oh wait, now it's urgent. And he goes for it on something like fourth and eight, and then he goes on something like fourth and eight again after that, and doesn't get those. It's just it's as if he's not being told that everyone else in the NFL has discovered. You know the, the the numbers games on these things, the analytics and when it says to go for these things and stuff, and just Gat Garrett just seems totally stuck in the past, and um, I just cannot see Jerry Jones sticking by him anymore. I think he's given him his shot. He's given him the, probably one of the best looking rosters in the NFL. An incredible offensive line, really good wide receiving core. He's just spent all that money on Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott's supposed to be a great quarterback. What what's going on here? I, I don't know. Like, put this way, Ezekiel Elliott is a top five running back. They have a top yes. five offensive line. 
They have a top yes. one offensive line if it's healthy. They have a top 10 quarterback. They have a top 10 wide receiver. And they have Jalen Smith and the other boy. Leighton Van Der Esch. On defense. Yep. And, of course, Sean Lee, the old boy. And then Who's been playing? Robert, Qu- like, Robert Quinn, Michael Bennett. Like De- Demarcus Lawrence is there as well. I mean, like, how is this team seven and eight? Because they keep making terrible mistakes, and the it's like they don't have enough like ability to be creative. Um, and you see that when teams are really good on their opening drive, and they can mm. score on their opening drive, and then they can't score again once you know the it's not scripted anymore. I uh, like the Jets. Yeah, and I think that's more to do with the Jets as talent. But with the Cowboys, I think it's just tot- totalitarian nonsense. It's like, you have to play this way. And we're going to draw it up. So everyone knows exactly what they have to do in that moment. But when the game gets away from them, there's just no structure to be creative. Whatever happened to Kellen Moore being this uh, offensive mastermind? But he can. Once he was given the reins. He might have the best ideas on fourth and one. If he doesn't get to go for it, then you don't know. Hmm. Yeah. And you know what the best idea on fourth and one is? Pitch it to Elliot. Run as hard as you can. He's probably going to get three yards. Yeah. That's stats. You know. <laughs> Dead stats. <laughs> Um, yeah, like for the most part, I would tend to agree. Just uh, like you get teams like the Ravens, who are who have gone gone from fourth down uh, as much as, if not more, than anyone else in the league this year, and um, like because of that creativity and that power and the speed and just the the, the fact that you don't know what they're going to do, that creativity, it it gives you an edge. And if you can do that at the right stage of the field and be like, you know, this is the time where you go for it, then like you you buying yourself an extra down over whoever it is that you're playing against, and that that was that used to be a, a trademark for the Eagles in, when Doug Peterson was uh, like having a Super Bowl run with them, and um, like they've not been particularly impressive either, but they they did enough in this one and. Like again, it was another good game from Miles Sanders and um, Dallas Goddard. Really came up really big when Zach Ertz went down very early in the game. Got himself nine receptions for 90, 91 yards and, uh, and a touch. Um, yeah, they just held on to it and really choked the life out of a Dallas team that didn't have much life in it to begin with. Yeah, I know. And apparently, there was a, a couple of plays in this game where they had Gallup as WR one and Amari Cooper mm-hmm. on the bench. Yeah, I think um, Cooper and a couple had, of third um, ones and a couple of fourth and ones, and it's like, what are you doing? Have both of them there. Just don't have Cooper mm-hmm. on the sideline. There was some talk. Apparently, um, Cooper was taken out of the game despite the fact he didn't necessarily want to. And then there was a point where Ezekiel Elliott wanted to come out because he felt he had a head injury, but he wasn't taken out. And I don't know. You might want to keep an eye on that one. There, Cowboys might get a bit, a bit more than a wrap around the wrist for that if that is true um but i guess it just remains to be seen anyway somehow uh eagles come out and win this game um they, they like i say weren't weren't spectacular themselves um but got themselves out to that early lead with the uh the early touchdown go up to 10 nothing and just managed to scrape another one in the in the third quarter so 
Um, what happens if the Eagles win next week against the Giants? Right, okay. When the Eagles win next week against the Giants? <laughs> um, yeah, don't be so sure. And they're nine, yeah, that's, that's, that's a trap game if I ever saw one. And they're 9-7. and seven, And mm-hmm. then they've won the division. Yep. Who are they playing at home against? The Vikings. Uh, so if they go 9-7... and seven, well, it, it it depends on what happens with the Vikings against the Packers, and then the Vikings in their last game as well. Just assume the, the moment... Packers win the division because I think the Packers will win the division. So the... oh well, in that case, the Eagles will play the Packers. Ah, at home. And, uh, uh, yes, the Packers. Uh, no, the, the Packers have be... to be at home as well. Does it not? Uh, will not be the Vikings and the. Oh, how on now? Yeah, no. Wait, let's see. So. No, that would be. It's quite winning your division if you have to. Yeah, get yeah, the yeah. No, no, absolutely. No, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. I, I stand corrected. My my um, uh, table was all out of whack here. Yeah, no, it would be the uh, Eagles who have to play the Seahawks. Ah, oh, right, yeah. So it's the Seahawks and play the Seahawks. Then, and then the, the Packers would have to play the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, at the moment it's between Seahawks and Vikings. At home. The Eagles can win those games. Yes. I think, mean, especially the Seahawks I... without running backs. You might find I mean, the, the the fact that the Eagles could still lose but still be in the playoffs, uh, because the Cowboys could also still lose to the Redskins, and like you know, it's is absolutely within the realms of possibility right I now. I would love Case Keenum to come in for like one more game and just throw four touchdowns and smash <laughs> the Cowboys and oh, Terry McLaurin to get himself four touchdowns. Scary Terry. That would be nice. That would be nice. Anyway. Anyway. We're we're back in Dreamland again, as we often are, and um, like my Dreamland was um, so rudely interrupted by a New England Patriots comeback in Foxborough, but it was it was inevitable. Um, I was up in uh, up in Capity when this one was on, uh, keeping an eye on my phone, and when I saw that the Bills were up uh, seventeen to ten, I was like, okay, that's good, that's good. But then I remembered that this was the Patriots. And it's in Foxborough. And the Patriots aren't allowed to lose in Foxborough when there is ever anything on the line. And um, they subsequently did not. Uh, Patriots came back, scored 11 points in the fourth quarter to come out 24-17 victors. And um, they looked better this week than they have in a, in a long time. Yeah, was... Brady was really sharp for the most part. They had a running game. Uh, defense stood up whenever they needed to as well. Well, they mixed it up it's a good. few times as well, which I think they needed to do. Um, they had a couple of, um, you know, uh, wild cats to Harry and a couple of wild cats to Sanu, and they just they just kept the Bills kind of thinking enough to trick them enough times to to get the points they needed. But it's still. Not good for the Patriots that they need to play that way at this point in the season. Um, they're just not doing it traditionally. And I think in the playoffs, that's going to be difficult. I don't think you can be quite as risky in the playoffs. But oh, it's, I think they, they usually delve into their bag of tricks when it gets to the playoffs yeah, and stuff. They're using I think the tricks they, they, just to make it. the playoffs this time. And it's a, yeah. it's a bit different. Um, but I'd say, the, did you see Nikhil Harry's... Um, he ran for like nine yards, but Brady threw like the best block ever. <laughs> it was like a wild for him to Harry and he ran nine yards up and as Harry got to him he just hit the safety. It was Tredavious White. Yeah. He like took him out with the legs and like, that's a good block, Brady. 
And then I caught myself and I just went and grabbed a knife and jammed it into my leg as, as punishment. Um, yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, like I said, this was... I mean, I might put this down as Brady's best game of the season. Uh, and like I, I include his earlier stuff in that as well. It was just... It was really sharp. 26 of 33... 271 yards and a touchdown uh, against like and still make make no mistake this is still a really good Buffalo Bills defense but they just couldn't really get to him that much um, whereas Josh Allen on the other side he like completed 50 percent of his passes uh, he got two touchdowns as well but um, like, they they just they never looked convincing yeah so and it's it always seems to be the way with them I'm not an NFL historian. But I, I have heard that in the 2000s, the, the Patriots were, they were quite renowned for being quite sneaky with how they um, acknowledged... Record people's practice sessions? Yeah, oh, yeah. But how they acknowledged <laughs> like which players were eligible and stuff, and they were quite sneaky about it, and they used to kind of oh, mix yeah. it up a lot. And apparently NFL Twitter went a bit nuts when Brit, uh, Belichick threw a challenge on whether or not the... The tackle had made reported as eligible. Yeah, and everyone was just like, "Oh, chef's kiss! Oh, this is like, <laughs> this is it coming full circle." Because apparently they used to get um, Woodley and all that out quite, quite a lot at the Patriots, and were quite sneaky about how they reported them eligible, and then they get done done themselves on it. And they threw... well, I think was it was not um, Mike Mike Rabel was uh, like you essentially acted as a, a tight end on several occasions for the Patriots. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Done things like that. He he was Gronk before Gronk. Yeah, <laughs> but they um, yeah, the Belichick throwing a challenge on that was apparently just the the best uh, feeling. But that was that got them to ten. What was it? Ten three? I think they were winning, or ten all at that point. Mm. And. Yeah, and end of the second half. Sorry, end of the first half even. Yeah, and it was just, oh, I, Allen looked quite good at points in this game, and I think the Bills. He's he's got the tools, man. As we always say, they love saying he's got the tools. He's got this rocket arm, uh, and then it's just the same same flaws come back again. It's um, he's it's that inaccuracy. Um, they need. He's just got to start putting this together. They need a bit more of a, a couple more weapons. Like if you were to trade out. Um, Dawson Knox for George Kittle in this Bills team, they'd be a completely different team. They, I quite like Dawson Knox to be yeah, fair, but, but they, like obviously, if, if you if you put, you put George Kittle on uh, on like the worst peewee football team in the world, they'll still get uh, an NFL victory or two. He's an absolute freak. So, um, yeah, I see I see where you're coming from though. Just a little <laughs> bit more talent, I think. Um, yeah, I, I still I say like I love Frank Gore. Kind of, but he yeah. was literally. I think the Patriots figured out there. in the second half that they were never going to run with him, and yeah. it really <laughs> hurt them. They'd have been better mm-hmm. just keeping single tree in the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Patriots uh, go on to clinch their eleventh straight uh, AFC East title. Celtic. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just absolutely come on Aberdeen to, to the league. Come on Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> come on Buffalo. There you go, go on yourself. So yeah, at the moment, um, they they just clinched their um, uh, divisional bye, uh, with uh, so with tw- twelve and three is where they sit now. So yeah, good for them. Nice. 
Should we move on? Because we're definitely, well, I say we're running out of time. We're always running out of time. But um, the game on Saturday night, the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. Wow, just an, another really <laughs> brutal uh, slobber knocker for San Francisco to come through. And, and like they seem to get into these games every other week now, uh, having gone up against the Saints and stuff. And they, they just they come out on top in this one. Uh, thanks hugely to some some very late game heroics to get themselves down for the the, the field goal at the very end. Um, but uh, like I think you've got to say now that someone like Jimmy G, you got to believe in him when he's put on the spot, I right? I believed in him anyway. Mm. I was in on Jimmy G. Everyone else can fuck mm-hmm. off. <laughs> but still, st- statistically, it doesn't look great. But he, he oh, he's managed so to. Good, though. Oh, he's so good. Oh, like yeah, orchestrated like a couple of amazing drives, and like that. Like basically, what happened on the the, the last uh, drive to to get um, uh, Robbie Gould down for the field goal? Poor Taylor. Rapp. Um, yeah, so uh, Taylor Rapp um, is essentially left just guarding absolutely nobody, and. Uh, like calls out Jalen Ramsey for the whole being the one who made a mess on that. Um, yeah, just completely leave Emmanuel Sanders alone for forty six yards to get them into in the scoring position, um, with less than a minute to go, and uh, it just really changed the game between that two and the eighteen yard pass on, they had as well. It was two conversions on three and sixteen. Yeah, so the Rams for, had for two me, chances yeah, yeah. to get themselves back into like into a chance to win the game. And they um, yeah. they couldn't do it, and oh, I don't know. The Rams are just a funny team, and they first half they look great, and you know Gurley looked great, and I I have to think that I think they've got Gurley on a pitch count, because he comes out first five or six carries he has are brilliant. They get a touchdown, they look good, and then they don't really go back to him for ages. And I feel like if they really trusted Gurley's health, he'd have like 20-odd carries in this game. Mm. And because they were up. That's what doesn't really make any sense. Like, they were up in this game. They were up quite quite big in this game. You know, 14-3. And they they still didn't really run Gurley, or the 21-10 even. Like, they still didn't run the way you'd expect a team that was up by that many points to run. Yeah, I kind of feel as if, like, like they're they're trying to have him on the pitch count, and then they just try and force him in there because he, he gets his he, he get he gets another two touchdowns in this game. He's had I think that's like twelve for the season now. My, or my thing is right? I just I don't get it. I would rather have it like yeah, Gurley, we're paying you forty six million over the next three years, and yes, we screwed that up and our caps all out. But and it's mean to Gurley. He's getting paid, so you can't really argue. It's not like a Levy and Bale situation. But if I was Rams, just be like I don't give a crap if you've got arthritis in your knee. Here's 30 carries a game for the next two seasons. <laughs> and if you break down, you break down. And we're going to make the absolute most of having you in this team now. And if we have to buy you out at the end of the contract, then so be it. Because what's the point in like hobbling yourself? And I think mm. the Rams this season have just hobbled themselves. Like they, They're not risking Cup. They're not risking Gurley. They've not played Henderson at all, mm-hmm. and they're not going 
long to cook and it just seems to be kind of a mess of how they want to play and for a team that really knew what they wanted to do last year it's just been strange you know and they're gonna i think they, they, they yeah they need to have all their pieces healthy otherwise things just start to break down uh, like Jared Goff actually had a pretty decent game in this one, um, apart from his like, brutal pick six interception, which is just ugh, nasty. Um, that was because he but, couldn't uh, see the guy because Bosa was breathing in his face. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't help when you've got Nick Bosa right in front of you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just the Rams didn't lose because of their offense in this one, though. Like they 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 put up points. Um, Goff was decent. Robert Woods had a great game. Tyler Higby had a big game. Uh, Gurley didn't have a great rushing game, but he still got those two touchdowns. It was the it was the defense allows San Francisco to 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 like just run on them every now and again, and they're they're not being as effective at getting that that pressure as they were previously. Like this is another game without a sack for for a team. Like this, which earlier in the season was just you know absolutely destroying quarterbacks, eating them for breakfast. Like is something a little bit broken there in the San Francisco defense, and are they as still as big as a threat as they were earlier in the season, or are they kind of backing in to? I think they've playoffs? just had a ridiculous. Um, they've had a playoff run, like, and it's not even the playoffs yet. You know, playing. The Packers, who they destroyed, but then playing the Seahawks, playing the Ravens, then playing, you know, the the Saints, and then playing the Rams. I think it's just they're playing the best teams, and we get lost in it. Like the Patriots played a whole season playing no one. Mm-hmm. The Rams played a whole season playing everyone, and so have the Forty ers That that NFC, you know, um, NFC West schedule has been a killer, and. I don't know. I think the 49ers, 12 and 3, that's probably exactly where they should be, I think. And Bosa's getting. I think they've changed the kind of schemes a bit. They're not quite as aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they didn't let Bosa loose on Goff until the last, the final quarter um, when they, they started to push him out of the pocket. They, they seem to be happy to let Goff be in the pocket um, in the in the game, they kind of want Goff to stay in the pocket and they could just kind of scheme it and, and look after the, the zonal, you know, system. But then in the fourth quarter, they started going, no, actually, if we push Goff out of the pocket and we hit him or we rush him, then we'll get the ball back. And it's like they, they seem to play it by ear, but when they're leaving players in the pocket, they don't seem to be quite as effective. Like, you look at what they did to Rodgers when he was being pushed out of the pocket. They destroyed him. You can get anything off. And they they just seem to let Goff pass on them, expecting Goff to make mistakes, but he only made one mistake, you know. They probably yeah. expected Goff to make two or three if they let him stay in the pocket, and he he didn't really do it. So so I think they need to be a bit more aggressive, if that makes sense. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, like this... Uh, yeah. Like, I think there's just defensive problems on both of these teams at the moment, and like I've been hearing talks about Wade Phillips might not be be long for Los Angeles, um, but 
I, I, I do have faith in San Francisco make, being able to to pull it back together when it really counts. Um, I, I, I think that no, obviously they proved that with the the interception, the pick six. Um, and like again, it's just it's finding ways to win, and San Francisco can do that. They they find different ways. They pull it out. Like I, I really like Kyle Shanahan the way he's running this team. I still I'm still not entirely up on Jimmy Garoppolo being incredible because he still makes mistakes, but he's still very capable of getting his team in the position to go and win a game when he needs to. When it's on the line, he knows what he needs to do. Yeah. Well, he's what seventeen and four. That's the that's something. <laughs> he's doing okay, isn't he's he? Like yeah. Twenty and four, twenty and five for his career. So I think he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's alright. The in terms of winning, like if if it wins, that's it, right? I think the Rams need a fullback, and I say that because they. Yeah, you 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 love your fullbacks now. Yeah, well, I just look at it and like last year, McVeigh was pretty clear. Like they weren't very honest about why Gurley wasn't playing, but they were honest about why Corey Anderson, his name. What was his name? Who? The fat one. <laughs> CCJ Anderson. Sorry. Fat one. Hey, <laughs> he's 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 built. That's what that is. Thank you. <laughs> um, that he could block. You're all bigger than us. <laughs> that he could block, and Gurley couldn't. And that's what McVeigh was saying during the playoffs when they were playing Anderson. Was that Anderson can block the pass, and Gurley isn't. And when you look at this injury that Gurley apparently has. I don't think it's affected his like power in his running at all. But if you think like if you've got arthritis in your knees and you're blocking, that just yeah. sounds painful. And I just don't think Gurley's it all, it all hurts, man. Gurley's not a very good pass blocker. When you're when you're seeking contact, it's very different from when you're trying to run and avoid people and you've got an opportunity to protect your body. But when you're when you're blocking, the way to be a good blocker is to get lower than the other guy and push up. And when you're blocking a, a two hundred and eighty pound uh, defensive lineman, that's a that's a lot of shock that goes on that that part of your body. Yeah, and it's like you just look at the comparison of like Kyle Yushek and and the the lad and the Ravens, and they play very similar systems. I and think and, uh, and our boy Cecil Martin. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should get him back in the league. <laughs> I just think the Rams have kind of they adapted the sport and then they've immediately fallen behind. Mm. Because they you know, the, the Ravens and the, the 49ers have taken what the Rams are doing, like stretching the field, creating gaps. But then they stick a, a fullback or a tight end in front of the quarterback and they get a bit of an extra like push. Whereas the Rams they've girly and that's it. And Malcolm Brown occasionally, but when Malcolm Brown's in, you know they're throwing. Mm-hmm. So you got you got to get yourself a running back that can do both. <laughs> get yourself a man that can do both. Yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, the 49ers win a great game. This was a good game. Yeah. And that means that the Los Angeles Rams are officially eliminated from playoff contention. For winning record. Yep. Uh, oh wait, no, yeah, eight and seven, yep, absolutely. Whereas uh, the Eagles are just scraping through a potential division win at the moment. Um, 
But yeah, this also moves the 49ers back up into the first seed. Um, and the Seahawks' loss obviously helped help their chances as well. Um, yeah, incredible game. Uh, up and down week once again. Uh, only one more to go in the regular season though, Darren. And there's still mathematically a few teams in it. Um, but yeah, it's still all to play for in terms of seeding. Um, we'll figure that out, I guess. Well, it's not like what games are we watching this? <laughs> could, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying already. to say that there's. I'm basically trying to say that there's something at stake. There is uh, the the Vikings games, the pa- the Packers games, the. Yeah, they're they're fighting back and forth, slobber knocker, and and I've I've not done all my all my calculations and things, but um, Titans, yeah, it's getting Titans, there. Texans. That's really mm. the main, I think, kind of questionable thing is if the um, the Steelers win and the Titans lose, mm. then the Steelers will get back in, and it's travesty. I don't want that travesty. It is, but the Steelers are at the Ravens. <laughs> Yeah, we don't. Although, but like the Steelers are at the Ravens, who will not be playing with Lamar Jackson. They will probably be without a number of their oh, starters. Can you imagine being the Titans and that happening. Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, uh, like it's it's entirely possible that a a team with backups can still beat a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, especially if their defense holds out. But it just depends on how many of them end up being rested. Um. I mean, you just can't trust that Pittsburgh offense to do anything. So, like, I still say that if you're the Titans, you have to be going out there. You have to be giving your absolute all, your A game, um, because you've got your destiny in your own hands. Don't let it fall out of it, right? Yeah. I think, I don't know, this next week's hot garbage. (laughs) I'm like looking at it now. Um, don't 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 look at it now. Don't look at it now. We don't, we don't we don't have time to do that. Uh, we should totally get out of here, though, man. Because oh, look at that once again. Another oh god, it's even worse than I thought. This is one of the longest podcasts we've had. How how do we keep doing this? Don't, don't answer that. We don't have time. So I think all that's left to do now is let's just wrap it up, shall we? we need a producer. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Also, we didn't even do all the games this week because there's still the Monday night game to come. But I'll maybe just do a little wrap up of that one. I'll do like a ten minute spiel by myself or something like that. Yes, as long as you're um, nice to Aaron, uh, so I'll mean do my best to Aaron all the time. Just be nice. No, I'm not, just be I'm nice not to mean. him. He's a good player. He deserves. He's a good. He's a good player. He's not a great player anymore. <laughs> Say that with a straight face, like seriously. No, I can't, I can't. Um, anyway, yeah, we should, we should definitely um, finish this one up. But um, I think uh, since we might not speak before the event itself, uh, I think we should take a moment just to uh, wish the listeners the, the merriest of Christmases. Happy holidays. And- happy holiday, happy Hanukkah, crazy Kwanzaa. And uh, also, Darren, I, I wish you and yours the, the very best during this very festive holiday season. I think it's a, a, a time for showing your love and appreciation for your friends and family. And I'd just like to say that I love and appreciate you, man. Oh, thanks, mate. I love and appreciate you, too. And oh, dude. putting up with me doing these <laughs> podcasts at random well, times. <laughs> it's, it's not easy sometimes, but... Um, we we persevere anyway because you know that that's what it is to be friends. Yes. 
Best friends. Best friends again. Actually, you know what? Let's let's screw doing our own musical uh, outro. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to get that uh, the audio clip of that Glaswegian boy uh, singing the most incredible version of Jingle Bells that was shown on STV News a little while ago. Uh, this this young young boy, six year old Aylin, I believe his name is. And it's in- incredible. So, do you have anything else to, to say before we get Aelin uh, to play us out? No, I don't. Just uh, have many Star Wars spoilers in my head. Okay, don't no, don't do no, that. No, don't no. do that because I've not seen it yet either. Okay, bye. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll let the whole thing spoil it for myself anyway. <laughs> All right, guys. Again, goodbye. Have a happy holidays. Um, we'll probably be back um, next week. <laughs> yes. All right. Goodbye. Bye. STV News broadcasting and all good viewers, but now it's time for a Christmas song dashing through the snow and a waffle so fiddly. All the hills we go, laughing all the way, ha ha ha. Stockings to be up, Santa coming down to give you presents every single year. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Jingle bells, jingle bells, 